0: Welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast with your charismatic host and prominent safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Be entertained and informed as the Safety Doc discusses both best and bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. The truth will keep you safe. Follow Dr. Perodin on Twitter at SafetyPhD.
1: Hi, everybody. This is David, and welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast. So, it's a little bit of a different uh, podcast for me. I did have a relative uh, pass away um, this evening. So it is a moment of reflection somewhat for me. And um, I've decided just to continue to do the podcast as planned. Um, But it, it is, um, it's a a little bit uh, definitely with a, with a heavy heart. So, um, as, as we, as we start out, I, I want to thank, um, John Grant and, and the 405 Media for broadcasting this show, uh, every week, two o'clock, you can listen two o'clock PM PST to the safety doc podcast on the 405media.com. And you can, um, check in there, find blog posts that I make for the podcast. And it is the league of extraordinary podcasters. So other podcast. Podcasters, uh, the the lineup is awesome, folks. It's it's really top notch. So everything from economics to just interviews of people with amazing life stories, Um, you know, politics without the rhetoric. So check it out: theveroffmedia.com. Also, thank you to ISS twenty four seven for supporting the show. ISS twenty four seven keeping large venues safe through very efficient instant management app-based system, ISS 24-7. And, of course, Sprigio, S-P-R-I-G-E-O, Sprigio.com, with the CEO Joe Brze, out of Santa Barbara, California, um, very much uh, established across the United States as the premier bullying, harassment, and threat reporting system, online system. And I'm fortunate because Joe sent me an email. I've been friends with Joe for a number of years, and he will be stopping in the Madison, Wisconsin area um, on a flight he's, he's doing next month um, out east. He'll be stopping, and we'll be able to uh, connect for supper and talk about everything great that's going on with his company and also just the work that he does relentlessly to keep students safe throughout the country. So very fortunate to be able to spend a little bit of time um, with Joe coming up as he has a, a layover in, in Madison for a few hours. Um, so it is fall. You know, I, I can tell it's fall. My my body, um, it, it's, it's, you know, the... Not as much sunlight, gets a little cooler at night, and and the body just recognizes that. And about a week ago, I just started to feel, you know, tired. and, 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 uh, now I've rebounded. You know, I think my body's adjusted to it, but it, it, it definitely was kind of going into that hibernation mode a little bit. Probably didn't help that we had the eclipse midday. Throw me off a little bit more, but, uh, but yeah, I'm back. I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good. Um, Saturday I was out on the bike and got in a longer bike ride. Um, it was, <laughs> it, it was funny because there were a lot of crickets out and the crickets alongside the road, try to kind of hop through the spokes. I don't know how successful they are with that, but, um, it, a lot of crickets and I do love the noise of, of crickets. Actually, if I was uh, sitting in my living room and the TV was on late at night, I'd rather turn it off just to crack the windows, open up the porch and listen to the crickets, uh, so, yeah, I had a, had a wonderful bike ride. Probably have a few more rides, some, you know, that that I'll do yet longer this year. But I'm not a cold-weather bike rider. So once you get into Wisconsin, um, you know, mid-October, late-October, when it gets a little bit blustery, it's, you know, it's just, for me, it's not worth it. Although, like, I know people who bike in winter. So, um, you know, I will put the bike away and, and looking forward next spring to doing some uh, upgrades to it, you know. I've had the, the wheels on it since I bought it about six years ago. And I had mentioned once before um, in a podcast not too long ago that I broke a spoke. And the place I go, they only focus on bikes. I mean, they've done it for, for a number of, of years. It's in a smaller community. Um, really cool. Like the one guy wears a suit. Uh, and And so he's working on his bike with a suit and skinny tie and stuff like that. But these guys are absolutely phenomenal. Um yellow jersey bike out of Arlington. Hey, I'm going to give you a plug right there. Out of Arlington, Wisconsin, yellow jersey bike. People from uh, all over the Midwest take their bikes to these guys. I mean, they are the best. Um but they mentioned to me that I I have a black I have black spokes on my bike and the way that they forge those black spokes, they they get brittle faster. They don't last as long. Um so I'm going to get new wheels with with more um more durable, um, uh, spokes, I should say not spikes, but, and, and they were telling me that some of the, some of the racing bikes, it, it, some of the, I mean, it's like a thousand, two thousand $2,000 a wheel, like someone will just hand create a wheel, like build it from scratch. I can't imagine that. <laughs> not for me. I'll buy a stock wheel and, and, uh, and have them, you know, get the tensions, uh, you know, right on it, but, um, but yeah. Definitely getting into that into that fall mode. Um, so, hey, guess what? You know, I run a couple subscription campaigns through Twitter to try to increase the YouTube following, and uh, it's not working, folks. So <laughs> it's crazy because I'll do this and I'll look, and there's a lot of retweets and a lot of likes and and you know, a lot of impressions, but the numbers aren't going up. So if you can get into YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at safetyphd, but get into YouTube and, and please subscribe to the show. Um, I do have it set up as a playlist. This is episode forty-two. There's a lot of great episodes to listen to. Um, terrific interviews and talking about interviews. Um, I was in communication with Casey Kramer, um, who played fullback for the Tennessee Titans this week, and I will be interviewing Casey. He just he indicated to me right now is exceptionally busy, of course, with um, With um, preseason in the NFL and then the regular season starting up, he's on. He's um, affiliate with the coaching um, staff and serves, I believe, as the um, as the reverend. I I I think that would be the term or or pastor for the team. Um, So when when the season wraps up, actually after uh, the Titans win the Super Bowl, I will get Casey. On. So, um, but uh, you know what? SoundCloud. SoundCloud hosts the Safety Doc Podcast, and I like SoundCloud. Um, the only problem is SoundCloud laid off like 40% of its staff, and as indicated, it has um, enough money to make it through the fourth quarter of 2017. And nothing's looking really good for SoundCloud right now. So I am going to be making the shift to Podbean, recommended to me by a number of podcasters and some very close podcasting friends who have been on Podbean, um, really love it, and I need to make sure that I'm off of SoundCloud before that totally gets shut down and I lose all of the content I put on it. Although everything I have is saved, it's just going to be much easier to do the migration over to Podbean. know, I'm really impressed with Podbean. Um I had sent an email to Podbean about um, switching over, and within about ten minutes had a, a response from a person, um, and with also a tutorial on how to to you know do that migration from SoundCloud, and um, and then you know about two days later a follow up from that person you know just saying, um, hey you know it had it had sent you this information, any other questions that you might have you know just just let us know, um, so. I'm really impressed. I'm impressed with the websites um, that Podbean uses or provides to their their users to host their sites. So I am going to be making that migration. I'll make a formal announcement, but it's probably going to happen here um, in the next, you know, maybe two, three weeks uh, that I'll be migrating a show from SoundCloud to Podbean and then – making all of the links go over to Podbean. The nice thing is Podbean will import all of the SoundCloud shows, so everything will just be over there. But for now, um, the show's still on, still on SoundCloud. Um, had something really interesting happen uh, today. So <laughs> at work uh, in the morning, uh, we had a fire, the fire alarm sounded, and everybody went outside. I am in charge um, of my wing of the campus, you know, where I work. Which is pretty substantial. It's a quarter, quarter, mile long building. And, you know, everybody got out and my two way radio, but I wasn't aware that there was going to be a drill today. So, you know, threw me off, uh, uh, just a little bit because usually, of course, I'm aware of that. Um, but we got outside and, and we're all waiting for the all clear. And I'm doing a, you know, first I'm checking out my wing to make sure it's clean. Then I, I, you know, everybody's gone. Doors are closed. Get outside and, um, and I'm on the radio and, and everybody's checking in, you know, that they've been evacuated and, and about a minute later, fire trucks come screaming down the road, you know, and, uh, and, and pull up. And I'm like, Oh, this is, this is a little more, um, than, you know, just, just a drill. So I, I checked in and what had happened is they're doing some asbestos abatement in the building and they have a hallway that is completely, you know, taped off and sealed and they do the, you know, the, the proper ventilation to make sure that, that no particulate matter gets out into the rest of the building. But they have a sensor, um, in, you know, a smoke sensor or, or whatever up in, in that section that they were working on. And they have a cover that they put over it when they do the work to prevent the sensor from being triggered. And somehow that cover got loose. And when they were doing the work, they didn't notice that it had come loose. So um, the fire department, um, you know, came in the building, and they can identify right away, you know, which alarm set it set it off and things like that. But a little a little bit of extra assign, uh, excitement whenever you see, you know, the fire trucks roar up in front of the place where you where you work. So, um, but really, kudos uh, to to our staff for doing everything that they needed to do. And it was it was yesterday that we did an in service. That actually I gave on um, facility safety, and we had we had covered this this kind of very scenario, of you know when you have when you have drills, for example, you know you you have fidelity with the drills. So if it's a fire drill, you get out to where you're supposed to be. If it's a tornado drill, active shooter, whatever, you you just don't um, you know ignore those things, which some institutions do. And uh, so I was I was really happy with how everybody responded to to that today. So. Um, we are talking today, this, this is, this is a bit of an awkward show, um, for me because we're going to be talking about the Onion Router or Tor, okay, the Onion Router. So just to, to give you a quick overview of what this is, the Onion Router, you can download off the internet for free. You can go into CNET, you can just type in, um, the Onion Router, it'll come up. And it's a search engine, okay? It's a search engine. Yahoo's a search engine. Google is a search engine. Alta Vista—I don't know if that's still around. That used to be like my go-to search engine back 20 years ago. But um, but Tor, and Tor is really the dark side of the internet. It's what doesn't show up. First of all, you know, it takes you to, to sites of that aren't coming up in Google searches. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about some of the things that that show up in Tor. Um, and it's, it's something that I kind of dismissed, you know, in earlier podcasts where I was saying the whole, you know, dark web and the fact that, you know, only 5% of, of what's out on the web shows up in typical, you know, Google searches or Yahoo searches or things like that, you know, that the primary search engines just don't, um, don't bring up these things. Um, and I, I, I really didn't, I didn't believe this existed and I also didn't believe it existed to the depth that it does so I had to go undercover a little bit and go into the tour or the dark side of the Internet and uh, and folks I'm telling you it's real and I'm very um, how should I say it this is something I didn't know about and I'm a safety expert I have a PhD where I've studied um, safety across fields from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And I've presented to thousands of people, and I am just talking right now about this, um, the Onion Router or TOR. Um, and the question immediately that came into my mind is how many kids or, you know, young adults, family members who might have addictions, you know, um, drug addictions, how many are accessing TOR? To um, uh, get to those vices, or else get to areas which are not in their best interest, and I don't know the answer to that because it's it's not part of what is traditionally uh, surveyed at all. You know, we survey kids about uh, or or students about bullying and harassment and, and things like this, but we never have asked questions in this like Have you downloaded it and used the the um, onion router or something similar to access the internet. If so, like, you know, what kinds of sites have you gone to? We don't educate parents. I've never been in an assembly or, you know, an all school presentation given by police, given by other professionals um, where they, they talk about, you know, look at your kid's, kid's phone, um, you know, have a, a standing, you know, policy with, with them of, You know, you need to be able to to see what they're, you know, what they're using for social media and and things like that, which which I agree with. Um, And I I didn't I've never heard anybody say, though, look for the Tor browser if they have the Tor browser. And I'm going to talk about, about again, the Tor browser, but the, the scary thing about the Tor browser is the, the Tor browser is like a door. It's like in Monsters, Inc. Okay. With Sully and Mike, which is my favorite movie. Okay. But it's like a door. You open the door and you go in. But once you go in, like you never have any real record of what's on that other side. So like you can't go into a history and, and find like you visited this site and 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 whatever. You just know that the browser's there. But if the browser's there, It's probably being um, used to access, um, you know, sites which, especially if it's youth, I mean, sites which might be drug-related, could have sex trafficking, um, other things that could be very nefarious are available through using the TOR system. So um, I want to make you aware of that. Because if you're a parent, or again, if you have a loved one, I have a friend right now that has um, has a, a young adult um, child, or, or, and um, child, but you know who's, who's a young adult who is um, su- suffering from a you know from some addictions, and one of the things I had mentioned in this this conversation with my friend. Was um, you know check out not only the social media and and whatever you know sites and and things like that, but also check if there's any any download of this this tour this this browser because if this browser is sitting there or it's been renamed and, and you click and all of a sudden it brings up um, the Onion Router. And actually, I have it so it's a capital T and then it has an onion and then it's an R and, and the T's in purple and. And so is the iron the onion is like in half purple and and the rest is is what I don't know onion color what do you call that like light tan? I remember when I worked at Menards in the plumbing department, we had sandalwood. That's what they called light tan. So maybe sandalwood, but it just says tor. Um. So, but if something like that exists, that I think that's a, that's a real indicator. So some of this right now, uh, folks, is just awareness. It is just awareness. Um, of Tor if you see that um, you know so let's talk about it so Tor is, is just like you know using a Google just like using a Yahoo it's a means to get to the internet and to conduct searches now Yahoo and Google are going to take you to you know typically you know sites which are paying you know advertising, otherwise it's going to be informational sites or sites that get a lot of of traffic. But through the filters, you're not going to get into sites where you can, for example, find drugs. I mean, not that they're not out there, but um, typically, and, and those types of things when you're using Google, when you're using Yahoo, whatever, those are very trackable. Your IP address is trackable. So your IP tells you exactly like the computer, the house where the you know you're you're logging in from locations and things like that, who you are. So there isn't any anonymity um, or anonymous aspect of that. So what Tor does is Tor is just a browser, okay, and then you pair it up with something called a VPN or Virtual Private Network VPN. So VPN is a method used to add security and privacy to private and public networks like Wi-Fi spots and the internet. VPNs are most often used by corporations to protect sensitive data. Um, It hides your IP address. That's a big thing, or the address of your computer. So you have to do this, you have to have the Tor browser. The browser gets you onto the the net. That's what that's what this Tor does. It gets you kind of into this, this dark side of the net or this underside of the net. Um and then the VPN goes and it'll take your where you're logging in and, and it'll kind of bounce it around to different computers all over the place and systems and different countries and things and it kind of washes it so it gets really hard to identify like where the search is coming from. Um, so I, I looked and you know it costs about ten dollars a month to get a VPN service. Um, and, but there are some out there that are free, but, but really like the ones that get recommended. And, and I'm going to list some of those. Cyber Ghost Nord VPN Trust zone private internet access I B as in boy VPN. Um, I'm going to give some links out to where some of these things are. And I'm not doing this so you can all of a sudden say, oh my goodness, now I can access this whole side of the internet that I didn't know was out there. But I want you to be aware of this because from a safety aspect, um, I really am nervous as to how much of this is being accessed by youth. We don't have studies that indicate that at all. We we, we have, and a survey is not really, uh, kids aren't gonna be truthful to you in a survey. You'd have to get this through um, some kind of qualitative process such as a focus group with kids, um, and and that's probably the the only the only way you're really going to get some identification if kids are are accessing into Tor and then using a VPN. But I wouldn't put it past some kids and young adults that they're doing this. And even if you have someone who is again suffering from some kind of addiction, heroin addiction, trying to find you know drugs um, that they can use this uh, Tor. Also use a VPN then to access sites which sell the stuff or can arrange um, for pickups. So now I'm talking about the bad side of Tor. Tor itself is is I'm reading right off the website. Okay, so the website I mean it's very professional. It's very professional. It's torproject.org. Okay, and it, it here's what it says. Okay. Um, protect your privacy, defend yourself against network surveillance and traffic analysis. So TOR is pretty attractive if you are worried about government surveillance. Um, That's one. If you have a company and you want to make sure that your company information isn't being cracked, you know, we hear of cyber hacks all the time, that this adds additional um, barriers to that. Um, you become a hardened target, I guess I would, I would say if you have a business and you have a Tor type system because, um, someone trying to hack in information is going to be like, ah, oh, this is, this is, this is hard, not impossible with, with Tor, but I'm going to go to, you know, the 99 other percent of systems out there that don't have this level of security, which are going much easier for me to crack into. So Tor, I'm reading this again from the Tor site. Tor prevents people from learning your location or browsing habits. And, you know, you ever wonder why Facebook is free, why Twitter is free, while so much of social media is free? It's not really free. It's free in the fact you're not paying for it directly, but your information is being harvested, Uh, the time of day you're you're logging in, um, everything that you visit and – the, you know, the different amount of time you're spending on, on things, um, any pictures you're posting, identification of those pictures. And, and so it's really done as, you know, being sold to, to marketers. But, um, you also have to wonder about the learning of your, of your behaviors. Like what if, what if you go on and you start to do a lot of searches about skin cancer? Okay. And uh, somehow that information gets back to, um, gets in a system of healthcare providers. I'm not saying that happens, but we don't know that it doesn't happen. So Tor really protects your identity uh, when you're online, okay? Tor paired again with, with whatever you would pick as a VPN. Think of that as kind of like a scrambler, you know. It's like that cable TV box we used to have back. I remember when I, you know, was was growing up and we had the cable box and your cable cord came in and you couldn't plug it just into the TV back then. You had to plug it into the, the descrambling box which would then descramble the code and then it would go from there. Take the coax, plug it into the TV and you were set. So all right, Tor is for web browsers, instant messaging clients and more. It's free. Again Tor is free. The VPN some are free. Some you have to pay for. It's recommended um, that you know you do pay for some of them. Uh, I mean, it's recommended that you pay for. It. If it's free, come on, you're going to get what's free. And and the fact is, if you're paying, you're probably going to get a, a better quality, more reliable uh, VPN. So it's um, available on Windows, Mac, Linux, Unix, and Android. What is what is Tor? So it's a free. Software open network helps you defend against traffic analysis, a form of network surveillance that threatens personal freedom and privacy, confidential business activities and relationships and state security. Wow. So I think of like Edward Snowden and what he had shared with the NSA leaks and would guess that, um, you know, Edward Snowden would say, yeah, you know, get a, get a tour browser and, and pair it up with some kind of VPN um, to at least make it harder for you to be um, typically under surveillance or to have your activities online tracked. You might say like, you know, I have nothing to hide. But the other part is it's we don't know also. Um, and, and I had talked about this in a podcast uh, very early on. Um, but we, we don't really know what's collected, you know, behind the the scenes, what kind of information is, is collected in understanding our patterns and, and who that's sold to. Is it just sold to, you know, marketing? So eventually when you walk down, um, you know, in a mall as you walk past like a kiosk with a screen, it'll automatically pop up some shoes because I've been looking at New Balance shoes online and it knows that because it identifies me through, um, facial recognition when I come in the store. And it, it it identifies, you know, it knows where I live then, and it knows my IP address, and I mean, all these things are, are they're not only possible, like they happen today. Okay, so why anonymity matters? Um, Tor protects you by bouncing your communications around a distributed network of relays run by volunteers all over the world. It prevents somebody watching your internet connection from learning what sites you visit. It prevents the sites you visit from learning your physical location. Wow. Okay. Now my question with that is like, um, wouldn't the government already kind of set up their pseudo sites within Tor? So maybe you think you're bouncing to a site that is just an anonymous site, but really it is, it's run by the government. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm not totally sold on, um, that. I think there are some government sites out there and, um, you know, within this, within this Tor system, but. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit here. The dangers of the, of the dark web. So, um, I'm going to, again, I'm going to link this out so you can get more of this in detail, but the dark web utilizes this. It's a technology created by the military researchers in the 1990s to allow intelligence operatives to exchange information completely anonymously. It, 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 it it's still unknown to many. It's been said to be a breeding ground for organized crime, sex trafficking, And hackers, but it's also used by good actors, including whistleblowers and activists. And as we think about um, the, you know, the the riots, um, you know, which which go on not only in the United States but other countries, and and efforts for uh, political asylum, political freedoms, um, and those discussions having an avenue for those to happen which are not being tracked then through um, your typical Google or Yahoo servers. So um, very interesting. I, I can definitely see how in a society when we need to keep information, because, you know, you, you can send you, know, you, can, you can have somebody scour and, and find stuff about you or you can send a tweet that's misinterpreted that goes viral or something like that. And to have some way to communicate with other people um, about something that, that is extremely um, you know, important for the good of the nation and to have that kind of done in a manner which, which then isn't you know, brought up and, and tried to um, you know, discredit it or, or postured against you. I'm not exactly sure where I'm going with that, but but I guess you know I, I can see where, like whistleblowers, if you do have an avenue to go in and to make some people aware of of what's going on in in some different aspects of of our world, uh, that can be a good thing. So um, hey, you know what? We are going to take a break right now and uh, learn a little bit more here about the Safety Doc Podcast. So thank you for tuning in and
0: following the Safety Doc Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Safety Doc Podcast with the nation's leading safety expert, Dr. David Perodin, author, radio show host, university instructor, researcher, expert witness, and consultant. Powerful testimonials. Dr. Perodin has a strong reputation as the go-to safety consultant, and he was still able to exceed our expectations. When we went looking for an expert in the field of crisis preparedness and prevention, David was the single person we pursued. Not easy stepping into the touchier subjects of life, but Dr. David pulls it off. Take a listen. Now, back to Dr. David Perodin and the Safety Doc Podcast. All right, welcome back. Guess what?
1: The tour project. You know what? During the break, you went and you downloaded it. I know you did, okay? All right. It's actually Tor, the Tor browser is a version of Mozilla Firefox. Okay, it's uh, been modified for the Tor project, and uh, you open the browser. It automatically connects to the Tor network. It encrypts. It bounces your connection around, um, so it's harder for people to spy on you. Um, it's um, the dark the dark web. So I'm going to pause right here. So. I checked this out. Okay, I didn't check it out on my computer. I checked it out on someone else who uses who uses this. Regularly uses this because they're in the IT industry and they said, "Yeah, absolutely. Like I I completely use Tor to navigate the internet because I I don't want my stuff tracked." And their position to me was they've you can still this doesn't protect you from surveillance necessarily if someone NSA or whatever is trying to you know locate you but it 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 decreases your likelihood of being a, a target um for tracking and you know fraud and and marketing and you know all those cookies type things that we see out there of the sites that you go to and you have no idea like they've been tracking every single thing that you look at um so but yeah um Perhaps the best known anonymous browser, you know, Tor, it's a platform that supports 60,000 services like websites and chat services. It, it's legal to use Tor, okay? You can legally use it. You can download it right from the Tor website, torproject.org off of CNET. CNET did a review on it. Kind of, you know, the thing with CNET is they said it's, they liked it for the aspects of what it was supposed to do, you know, kind of keep you, uh, from being recognized on the Internet. But they said it's also pretty slow, um, even if you have a fast machine and fast connections, because it washes you through so many different computers and all over um, not only the country but the world to provide this anim- anonymity um, aspect that it slows down. So it's not the speedy speedy process. Um, so anyway, uh, it does contain illegal content. So you can hire an assassin on TOR. Uh, you can buy drugs on Tor. Um, it has sites for um, in, inventory sites, I and mean, you can quickly bring these up. Um, and it is it's pretty scary because uh, what my, my friend was saying, yeah, you know, if we clicked on this site right here, Like, this would instantly become illegal. (laughs) Like, if we clicked on this site and started to do some inquiry here, like, we've crossed into the boundary of of now illegal activity. And if this was detected, I mean, we definitely would be in trouble for this, which we didn't do. But, um, again, I was just amazed at how much of this is out there. Um, So I'm going to talk about what you need to know about Tor. Five points, okay, about Tor. One is it protects the identity of the user through hopping across devices worldwide. Five things about Tor. That's number one. Number two, to find a site on Tor, you need to know the address of the onion service. So, you know, it is dot onion is where it's, it's going to be located. Anything with a dot onion, that is a, something is on the dark web. You can access it through Tor. It's not going to show up in your other browsers. So again, it is the onion service. The onion service is going to be dot onion is what you're going to see in, in that web search. And you have to know that, that address. You can go in and kind of get this, this, this inventory, but, um, uh, a lot of that is, is not that easy to find. I don't know where these things are published either. Like, you know, how, what that other underground is where you go in and you start to learn about all of the sites that you can go in, for example, to, um, purchase drugs which I don't do, okay, (laughs) but I'm saying, like, you know, there are sites that just have, you can access it, then have the multiple clearinghouse sites that you can go in that list these things through .onion. Um, Number three here on our five things you need to know about Tor. Less than half the activity on the dark web is illegal, okay? So there are legitimate reasons, you know, people use Tor. Let's talk about journalism. So, if you're a journalist, you need to communicate with whistleblowers safely, kind of like an NSA type of thing, or it could be something going on with your with your corporation. It could be for political reasons, and you need to communicate uh, under the radar. You can do it through Tor. Non you know government workers abroad use Tor to connect to their home website so they're not tracked. U.S. Navy intelligence um, they use Tor for uh, gathering intelligence for missions. Um, And sometimes, you know, people just go on to tour for anonymous forums. So if they've, if they're survivors, if they've been, been victims, um, they go there to seek support on forums where they have a high sense of security knowing that their information isn't going to be located. So that someone's not going to be able to track down an IP address and and track them down. So if they've gone through, you know, some horrific, you know, survivor, type event um, you know uh, it is it's an avenue where they can get in and they can get into some some you know very uh, very very raw chat forums which which could be therapeutic for them so now again this is I would say I wouldn't suggest anybody goes to tour in order to do these types of things I mean because you never know who's on the other side it's one thing if you're, you know, working through a, a therapist or, or something like that. Um, but if you're trying to get counseling and, and things like that by getting into these, these chat forums through Tor, um, and you're like, well, you know, this way someone's not going to know my IP address and, and try to find me or stalk me or, or this information could somehow, you know, surface because it's been saved and, and it could come back to, you know, hurt my reputation or whatever. Um, this isn't, this isn't to replicate professional therapy. So I, I, I don't, I don't think that's a, that's a great legitimate reason to use Tor. Um, and I wonder right now, we have so many marches and, and, and riots and riots that turn violent in these kind of flash mobs. And a number of, of these things happen through, you know, very overt social media and through, you know, texting and Facebook posts and, and whatever, you know, some of, of that stuff. But I wonder how much of this stuff is really happening behind the scenes uh, under the cover of the dark web. I don't know. So number four, okay, the dark web was originally meant to safeguard government communications. This is something you didn't, this is how it started. Onion routing was originally developed in order to protect intelligence communications online. The United States Naval Research Laboratory created TOR in the mid-1990s. The project was transferred to the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, in 1997, underwent its first round of software testing in September of 2002, and then it was publicly launched, okay, in 2002. So it's been around since 2002 um, that we've been able to access it for free in, in the public. Anybody can volunteer to be a part of a TOR um, part of part of the network. Okay, so you know, it's like I could get my my computer, and my computer could be you know one of uh, the the thousands or tens or hundreds of thousands I don't know that are in this Tor system. So, you know, somebody from Denmark trying to use you know Tor to be anonymous, um, and and they're sending out something, and it's being bounced around eight different computers. It, it could go off of mine as as one of them. So, I don't know what that means for you as then having your computer in that relay system, if that puts you at some risk for that. Um, so I, I I don't know. Now the goal with Tor is to get more people to use Tor and to make their computers available for Tor because then it's going to speed up the network. I remember a couple of years ago, um, actually is was more than a few years ago, I'm just grabbing for a book here, and uh, there I think it was SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence had so much information that it just overwhelmed their computing systems. And what they would do is they you could log in and set up a SETI account and then they would allow you to download pieces of information and in some software. so you could analyze that on your own computer and then like upload it. So they basically had all these computers. this is years ago, maybe like 15 years ago. I mean now they've got all the power you know computers have advanced. but back then like all the information was overwhelming the systems. So you know, they just would would tap into everyday citizens and say, "Hey, you want to help us out?" You never knew what it meant. I mean, because stuff came in, it was just binary stuff that you get processed and get, you know, brought back into their system. So, um guess what, folks? It is trivia time here on the Safety Dog Podcast, which means we are going to have some pretty awesome trivia. So, welcome to trivia. Time and dun dun dun, dun 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 dun. Yeah, here we go. All right, some trivia. The word "pencil" is Latin for "little tail." Melon is from the Greek word for apple. All right. John Cougar Mellencamp is a singer. The Klingon Dictionary has sold over 250,000 copies to date. So those of you speaking Klingon, congratulations. Star Wars, pretty awesome. Was it Star Trek? No, Star Trek. Sorry about that. Star Trek was, was Klingon. So speaking Klingon. So the Klingon dictionary has over 250,000 copies. You might be able to find it on tour. All spiders are cannibals, which is disheartening because we did have a spider in our house. Um, I did not know its cannibalistic nature or affiliation. Um, and certainly it would not have been welcome had it made that I, had I been aware of that. We don't allow Campbell's in the house. Come on. So the argument for TOR, ongoing trends in law, policy, and technology threaten anonymity. Why why can't I say that today? All right. I don't know. I I don't know. All right. I don't have anything to substitute for it. So we're going to keep going with it. As never before, undermining our ability to speak and read freely online, these trends also undermine national security and critical infrastructure by making communication among individuals, organizations, corporations, governments more vulnerable to analysis. Um, you know, guess what? Um, yeah, like I've had my 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 credit card number um, hacked, uh, two different credit cards twice in the last I don't know six months, and I don't do much. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not traveling out of state. I'm not you know. Buying things off of different browsers, um, stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, just, just crazy stuff. You know, I got a, a couple phone messages and thankfully, you know, MasterCard I think does a great job. And then they call the cell and call the home number and and stuff like that. And were you in whatever yesterday? And, and, you know, did you spend this and this and this and this? I'm like, nope. So, Um, And I do recommend, just as an aside, you know, we took our trip back in March to Orlando, and I called the credit card company ahead of time um, for the main card I was going to use, and I said, here's the days we're going to be in Kentucky, here's the days we're going to be in Florida, um, Alabama, and and so forth. Um, So you're going to see charges on my card. They're likely going to be things like, you know, gas station, restaurant-type stuff. Um, you know, when I'm at these, these locations. And, and the cool part about Disney is when you're down there, like you can buy things, you've got your Disney band. So it just kind of charges it back to you. So then at a later date, you get like the charge from Disney. Um, but, but yeah, I said, so, you know, note that in your system. So when it shows up in Paducah, Kentucky, you know, that I've, I've bought something, you know, a meal at a restaurant and fill up with gas, that that doesn't all of a sudden freeze my card. But I'm not going to be doing anything crazy, like going to Best Buy and you know, picking up a 500-inch LCD TV or something like that. You know, any type of of retail shopping. So, um, yeah, definitely do that for your own safety because that's a bad, bad feeling when you get that call. And then you know, and and when you call back, always use the number on the back of your credit card to confirm (laughs) that you know indeed something is up. So, yeah, calling that number, and they're saying, yeah, here, here are the charges. But, again, MasterCard has been great about that. Um, so, yeah, the argument for Tor. Uh, and it's, you know, each new user in Relay provides additional diversity, enhancing Tor's ability to put control over the security and privacy back into your hands. So, again, uh, basically saying we're at a time when national security, the NSA, you know, we've heard of, of well, WikiLeaks, with uh, Julian Assange, Assange and then um, Edward Snowden, you know, with the NSA leaks and, and, and additional, you know, information coming out always like saying this company, you know, has, has had 200 million of its accounts hacked and, and Yahoo had what, you know, a couple times security breaches. So the information, you know, was, was wiped out of there. Um, so that's the argument for Tor is just saying, make it, make it more difficult. And, I don't think Tor, this is the thing, is um, I believe Tor is still monitored um, pretty pretty readily by the government. And it wouldn't take much for the government to have multiple Tor relay sites that they just build into the system to try to, to, to track people. Um so, but the thing is, i I think you would be tracked under that situation if it is being used for something um, which which could be be very dangerous. I mean, not only we're you know, purchasing drugs and things like that, but I mean, if you're arranging to um, you know bring harm through um, you know, violence on on something and trying to organize um, something like that, yeah. Definitely, I, I think that's being monitored. But but I think what Tor does is it takes away the fact of, um, you know, every time you're, you're logging in with, with your traditional browsers, Google and Yahoo and your visiting sites and all of these cookies that are being put, everything that you watch, and then, of course, you Facebook, all the recognition, all the identification with photos and all of, all of the things like that um, of people just really getting to know you and every habit that you have, and and the patterning and marketing specifically to you, but then people know when you're home, you know, when you're not home, and then information that's coming forward, um, you know, that if if you have information you don't want to be public, um, that if you do share that in Tor forums, then the likelihood is it would probably stay anonymous. But if you're sharing that in public forums, that could be easily more easily hacked, and especially like if it's recovery or something like that. So I'm, I'm going to go back, though, to to my original kind of intro in this in just a second because guess what? We are going to hear a little bit more about this awesome show here, the Safety Doc Podcast. Hey, subscribe. Get in to Twitter and follow at SafetyPhD. Go in
0: and and subscribe on YouTube. Come on.
1: Get the subscriber numbers up.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Safety Doc Podcast. With the nation's leading safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Author, radio show host, university instructor, researcher, expert witness, and consultant. Powerful testimonials. Dr. Perodin has a strong reputation as the go-to safety consultant, and he was still able to exceed our expectations. When we went looking for an expert in the field of crisis preparedness and prevention, David was the single person we pursued. Not easy stepping into the touchier subjects of life, but Dr. David pulls it off. Take a listen. Now, back to Dr. David Perodin and the Safety Doc Podcast.
1: Follow again on Twitter. Appreciate the followers of the show. You're not the typical follower. You're, you're intellectual. You want to know about this stuff. You want to know about your personal safety. And, and right here with the tour, if you're like me, and maybe you know about this, you're like, Dave, this is like old news. I mean, like, you saw a flip phone. What are you using? Um, no. Okay. I, I honestly did not know the depth of tour. And I think it's super important for parents. We have 55 million kids going to school. Here in about a week, they're going to start back at school, 55 million kids. And, you know, we talk about bullying and harassment, but we also have a number of kids with addictions and kids, um, you know, uh, with various degrees of, of mental health concerns who might be accessing chat forums through Tor, which you're not going to know about. Again, if you're a parent, you go and you might find a Tor browser. You might find a Tor browser, but you're not going to find a history um you're not going to find a, a trackable history. Not to usually be spying on your kids and things like this, but I'm saying from a safety perspective, if Tor is on again, your kids browser or if you have a relative or a spouse or whatever and there's there's some very serious uh, you know, addiction, um, you know, someone could say and, and as a family you could say, you know, we're using we are using Tor and we're using it to access, you know, whatever, um, because we, we want to protect um, our I- identity as best as possible. That's one thing, but I'm saying if, if you recognize Tor, the onion router, um, that needs further questioning. I'm changing my presentations that I give. I just gave a keynote presentation a few days ago and I mentioned the Tor router for the first time ever of uh, something that you need to, um, you know, pay attention to. Again, if it's there, it's like, why is it there? Like, why, why is this Tor browser there? You know, think about it, you know, if it's a 17-year-old high school student with some very, you know, showing some symptoms of withdrawal um, and, and, you know, you're just not sure what's really going on. The best is always to have conversations with, with your kids, but all of a sudden, you know, you go through, nothing seems to, to be throwing up some red flags, but you, then you see like the Tor browser. It's like, well what's what's going on here? You know, let's talk more about, about this and, and, and why is it there? Because again, it has it has this this side to it. Um and and folks, I I I, I don't know, I don't feel ashamed um, that I came out in an earlier podcast and I said, you know, the Tor browser, this is all hype. This, but the dark web, you know, like things are showing, if it's, if things are out there, they're going to show up in a Google searcher or, or, you know, the the dark web is pretty minimal and stuff like that. I'm like, it's not like, it's pretty substantial as I got to go in and and witness this and and kind of got this tour, you know, it's like the tour guide who's taking you through, uh, but saying like, okay, like, you know, stay in a straight line. Um, don't lean over the railing. Don't touch any buttons. Don't do anything like that. Like we're just going to show you what's here. Okay. Tell you. We'll answer some questions about like, Hey, what, what is this? What does this button do? Like, so, no, you don't touch that. Okay. Which is much different than the tour I took of Hoover Dam back in 2001 before September 11th. Um, we were on our honeymoon June of 2001, took the Hoover Dam tour and I, I, I was astounded. I mean, it was, like, one tour guide, and, and, you know, usually thinking something like that, you're going to have someone at the front, someone in the back, and two-way communications, and, like, yeah, you know, like, everybody's... It was one person. It was a great tour, but basically, like, you're walking past, like, all the controls, and there weren't a lot of people actually there inside the dam, and, you know, you could have easily, like, pulled levers, done things. I remember that kind of at Alcatraz, too, you now that you wouldn't have the same effect, but... Um, we went to Alcatraz, I mean, this was years ago, and, you know, I'm like, wow, I mean, this, this is, this is pretty interesting, because not a lot of, not a lot of security from, you know, trying to, you know, throw some switches, or, or anyone that wanted to, to take a a knob, or something off of, of a control board, or something like that, as, as a souvenir, it's just really weird, so, um, I'm going to to close. You know, I think we've talked about the Tor browser. It was really an eye opener for me. Um, I felt going through it. I felt uneasy. I felt uneasy. I mean, because you would. It's again, uh, it's not the sites you're typically going to to go to, and I, I mean, you can you can flat out. I mean, they don't deny it. I mean, you can hire an assassin on tour. I don't know how that fully works. Um, but I'm sure, you know, through that you could hire someone to bring harm to somebody else. You could, you know, hire someone to do, you know, secret survey. I mean, these are all things we kind of like were, were brushing along the outside of like, you know, you could click here and this could take you in and whatever, but it's one of those things too, where my friend is like, once you click here, you know, like if, this, this this page where it's like you can find an assassin, like once you make that click, you know, now you've just opened yourself up for if there is government watching on the other side, um, that you've, <laughs> you might get a knock on the door or, or something like that. Um, and, it, and again, of course, you know I, I think all of that is horrible, but I mean it, it was right there in, in black and white. And how much of that is legit and how much of that is is not legit? you know is scheming so people go in there and and you know give their money away you know just just as a lot of that stuff is on the internet. I mean back when the internet first started, when I went to UW Superior, um, I, I stayed up in the dorms. It was the summer of like two two thousand, I think. I was finishing up one of my master's degrees, and the the university did not yet have high speed internet, so I had what was called Net Zero, and I had to log in to D- Duluth, Minnesota, which is right across the uh, the the bridge. There's there's the harbor, Superior Harbor, comes in, Um but they didn't have it in in Superior, so they had it in Duluth. And it was still like a local call. Remember the old long distance? You know, you had long distance back then. You had to pay for long distance and, and whatever. But regularly, so it was a local call. So they had Net Zero, which basically was a free browser. Okay, you could log in, like a free Internet service. But it would inundate you all around the outsides of it. It would give you, like, this box you could browse in and, 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 you know, access your email and whatever. But it would have all these ads all around the sides flashing. And then every, like, Three, four minutes, uh, one of the ads would pop up and say, please visit one of our sponsors in order to keep net zero free. So you'd have to click. And, I mean, it w- and that was all legit stuff. You know, it's like, you know, shoes or, you know, cl- click here, you know, to, you know, learn more about vacations or vacation packages or whatever it might be. Um and of course you'd click in in i think you had to stay on the site for like 30 seconds or something and then you could leave it um net zero died by the way because no one was going to put up with that but that summer hey i was like one of the only people that had internet on campus because they were putting in a new internet system they were actually drilling holes through the walls of the dorms i remember coming back from class and like all of my stuff would be covered with that concrete dust and i, I had like a laptop yeah i mean it was just horrible um, and they, they actually gave us, the university gave us the summer for free. And I moved out for a while, and I lived in the third floor of a building which they tore down. It was student services. It's brand new now. But um, it was unlocked, and had all this furniture, and I kind of built a fort. So it's like, what, I don't know, 30 years old, something like that. And I built this, this fort out of uh, couches and things like that and would sleep there overnight in this building <laughs> because, like, it was – Noisy and dusty and they were working like at all hours of the night. It just made no sense. So yeah, I had the fort I probably always wanted as a kid when I was like 30 years old, um, that I built out of couches and this one floor that nobody went to in the student services building. So crazy, crazy. Um, so yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. So anyway, net zero. I was like people were like how did you get this and I I don't think you could sign up at that time anymore I think like I had signed up and then they closed the window like you they weren't accepting anybody new they're already like in financial trouble but it worked for that summer um it was it was tedious I mean it was it was very laborsome to get through but it was like net zero and of course net zero probably tracked every single thing that you did I think there of course my IP address would have been the university so there wasn't any wasn't like the kind of tracking that they would have today but um pretty scary you know pretty scary stuff out there so again the tor browser parents be aware of this as kids go back to school um be aware of it for family members especially if there is some kind of addiction or or if there are threats being made or something like that um that the the tor browser does have this access to a dark side of the internet which which there are things in there i never saw ever before in my life until taking this guided this guided tour